you know, it's tough to say, is this your favorite grape variety? But it is a wonderful grape variety and it is something that I really enjoy to drink. And at the end of the day, that's my philosophy on winemaking is, I make wine, I want to drink. I love Cabernet Sauvignon. In fact, I brought a Cabernet Sauvignon for us to share. Yes. And hopefully it's, it's okay. I'm sure um, it will be. <laughs> you hear it? That's, that's us yeah. opening up that bottle. <laughs> yeah. I've always heard this rule of you start with the whites, then you move to the reds. Okay. How true is it? What I like to tell people about wine in general is just relax, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I say that with wine, you should relax, drink what you like, right. don't ever let anybody tell you what to like. Right. Here, okay. here. <laughs> Welcome to Wine Wednesday. I'm your host, Len LaFrisco. My co-host is Sneha Narang. With this program, we're hoping to introduce you to some wine culture of our region through the eyes of wine lovers, but certainly not connoisseurs. We'd like to introduce you to not only wineries, but hopefully some of the region's best restaurants, breweries, and distilleries that have made Livermore their home. I have lived here for 30 years, and I am truly amazed at how the wine industry has flourished. Our climate, our soil, are perfect for growing grapes. Livermore is producing wines that rival, and in many cases exceed those of the more famous wine regions in California. Let me introduce today's guest, Mark Claren, winemaker at McGrail Vineyards in Livermore. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, first things first, of course, we always uh, open up the first bottle of wine and uh, and, and uh, see what you've got. So it's a Sauvignon Blanc. Correct. From McGrail Vineyards. Yeah. Uh, 2018. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the wine first? Sure. So first of all, it's delicious. <laughs> it, I haven't that even is true. It, it is delicious. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, 2018 Sauvignon Blanc from the Gilmetti Vineyard. Um, we pride ourselves in, uh, we, you know, we have our Cabernet Sauvignon Vineyard that we're very, very proud of. That's a product that takes like three years to get it to the bottle. This product here, uh, I picked it in September of 2018 and had it in the bottle in December, and here we are enjoying it uh, six months later type thing. Wow. wow. So this is my, my fresh and fruity wine, as it, as it were. I'm going to guess this has never seen oak. This is, this is actually 10% was barrel fermented. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I do that to give it a little bit of mouthfeel. I think uh, it hel helps round out the the wine. It's very refreshing. It's, it sounds like something you'd want to drink, you know, in the heat of the summer for sure. Absolutely. On like a beautiful <laughs> sunny day, out by the pool, or that or on our patio. Ooh, yeah. or, or on that your too. Patio. That's right. <laughs> so I, I did a little research, and I see that McGrail is uh, family owned, um, and that they started making wine by just doing one barrel for themselves. And they decided that after five years they had a tasting room and that you joined full-time uh, shortly after. So tell me where their wine was at that time and what you did to, to move them forward. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, they, uh, they did a really good job of planting a fantastic vineyard, which is the number one thing you have to do. Or... To make, in order to make good wine, you need to start with good grapes. So you have to get them somehow. And in their case, they 
bought the property and planted Cabernet Sauvignon and and uh, and then they decided to start dabbling with it and uh, and by the time I came I met them in 2006 I met Ginger and Ginger McRail and then uh, her daughter Heather who is currently the president and running the company um, she so I met them and just started consulting and helping them out and at that time their wine was was good I mean it wasn't you know like I say you start with good grapes and uh, and that's you know and then you don't mess it up you know so <laughs> and so so far they hadn't messed anything up and so <clears throat> then they got to a certain point where they wanted to actually get you know professional and by this time they had I don't know five six hundred cases uh, with the 2005 vintage to wow. uh, to try to <laughs> figure out what they wanted to do with it. Sure. So it's one thing to make uh, whatever, a barrel of wine or whatever. Uh, it's a whole different thing to start making, you know, multiples of that. And then, you know, obviously you want to start selling it. And that's where I think Heather was, uh, bringing Heather on board was, was brilliant because she's young and smart and energetic and she's done a fantastic job great what made you you know want to get into the wine business <laughs> I, <laughs> I often say you know uh, sort of jokingly you know when because that's the question i get every time right mm -hmm. you know who, how come you wanted to be a wine man <laughs> and i always you know or where did you learn and i, I usually if i'm feeling kind of silly i usually tell them the truth which is prison <laughs> right on okay <laughs> no no, no, no. i'm kidding fantastic no i'm kidding actually i uh because uh, they do make wine in prison you know but um <laughs> no in all honesty uh i fell into the business i feel like winemaking sort of found me i was in construction as a young man and you know in the late 70s it was sort of uh, you know, lots of layoffs and lots of looking for work. And I actually got hired at two places at the same, t on the same day. And one of them was Wenty, mm. went at the time, Wenty Brothers. And um, they, so they hired me and I worked one day in the bottling room, which can't say it was exciting um but the next day you know it was cr it was crush and i was i had forklift experience so mm. you know they had me dumping grapes and taking pumice to the vineyard and and <laughs> it really was amazing for a guy that you know was digging ditches and and pounding nails to uh <clears throat> all of a sudden you know, I didn't even know what Pinot Chardonnay was. You right. Know? right. And all of us, it was just eye-opening, eye-opening. It really was a wonderful experience. So. so it was all practical on the job experience. Yeah. So I worked there, I, I actually spent 25 years at Wente. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, but I did go back to school, took some classes uh, in winemaking at UC Davis and uh, and I did some traveling, uh, visiting, you know, some pretty spectacular chateaus in France and, and, uh, sort of, you know, just immerse myself into the, 
the geekiness that is winemaking. <laughs> or the passion, I yeah. call it, because yeah. it takes a certain degree of, of interest and even passion to, you know, um, actually dive that deep into it. So that's that's pretty amazing. Um, okay, so I know that, you know, McGrill is all about Cabernets. Is that your favorite grape to work with? Another great question uh, that I uh, I never get. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. Um, wow. <laughs> No. Oh, it'll get better. I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I love, I love all the questions. Please, please don't take my, my sarcasm for anything other than humor. Don't worry. I uh, Google all the top, you know, the top questions to ask winemakers, and that's what we presented with you today. So here we are. Perfect. We're very lazy. But no, 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 no. I, uh, but it's a legitimate question, so I don't, you know. There's no dis- disrespect. <laughs> uh, it is legitimate. And actually, Cabernet Sauvignon is, you know, it's tough to say, is this your favorite grape variety? But uh, it is a wonderful grape variety, and it is something that I really enjoy to drink. And at the end of the day, that's my philosophy on winemaking is I make wine I want to drink. Right. And, right. And I love Cabernet Sauvignon. In fact, I brought a Cabernet Sauvignon for us to share. Yes. And hopefully it's it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure um, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that I really love and that it, I was attracted to the McGrail project because they were growing Cabernet and I had some experience with it due to my um you know, association with Wenty. So, oh, I love it. Yeah. The, do you hear right. it? That's, that's us yeah. opening up that bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to let it sit there if we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's what it sounds like, listeners. There, we go. Yep. there it is. <laughs> Here. Here it comes. Oh, come on. Oh. There we go. <laughs> that's what I'm talking glug, about. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> so, um, anyway, no, but Cabernet Sauvignon is is wonderful. I also think Merlot is a wonderful grape in the Livermore Valley, as is Sauvignon Blanc. And, you know, in, in just sort of in general, you know, I spend a little bit of time in Bordeaux in France, which is where these grape varieties originate. And, um, you know, I really do have a passion for Bordeaux wines. And... You know, compared to other, you know, wines. But unfortunately, also as a geeky winemaker, I really do enjoy wine. Yes. Do you do anything with Cab Franc at all? Uh, we do. We we have Cabernet Franc planted. Uh, we we bought another vineyard in 2014, I think it was, uh, or 15 maybe. No, wait. Oh, <laughs> We've done quite a bit in the last five years, so exactly when we did these things. I think we purchased it in 15, and 16 was the first vintage that we pulled from the the existing vineyard, and then the other 12 acres we planted, and we planted Cabernet Franc. Nice. But prior to that, we were buying Cabernet Franc. In fact, this will be our first vintage of Cabernet Franc, Ooh, which I'm excited about. Great. Uh, from that property, but uh, prior to that, we were getting some Cabernet Franc from either uh, the Sakao Vineyard, which Wenty, I think, is, uh, well, they're in control of it. Well, who owns it is never, you know, yeah. you never know. Uh, but um, they're definitely in control. Or the Gilmetti Vineyard, which also has Cabernet Franc. Is it a, a grape that you enjoy working with? 
It is. It is. And I, it's for me, it's, I, I think of Cabernet Franc, although standing on its own, it can be a fantastic wine on its own. But in general, I think of it as a, as a blender with Merlot. Mm. Um, but also, you know, we're currently blending uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Cabernet Franc all together. You're and, kidding. No, that we, sounds we, amazing. Yeah, we have that wine. It's actually a kind of a big hit. It's called the Seamus Patrick. Mm-hmm. I like that name. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Irish name, right? Right. It's actually the first grandson. Mo- a lot of our bottles have, are named, like this one here is the Peyton, Peyton Page. Page. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. <laughs> yeah, so Peyton... So when they first started, when the McGrails first started in the business, we didn't have much. Basically, we had one wine. We mm. had Cabernet Sauvignon. And, you know, we would bring you into the tasting room, and and then we would pour it through uh, uh, an aerator. You know, mm-hmm. first you'd taste it, and then we'd pour it through an aerator, and we'd have you taste it again, and then we'd... Uh, uh, you know, have you close one eye, you know, or <laughs> stand on one foot, yeah, yeah. Stand on one foot <laughs> do two turns this way. <laughs> but, um, so we were doing that and then, uh, and then he, you know, eventually, you know, we, you know, branched out into other grape varieties and Peyton Page is, uh, you know, the two first grandchildren, Peyton Taylor is her name. And then Ashton Page Nice. And then Seamus is their little brother. How nice. <laughs> and then, you know, now we have Heather's kids and we have Shannon's kids and everybody. You know, we have the Austin James and the and the Kylie Ryan Rose. It's really a family thing. It definitely yeah. feels like a family uh, it is. establishment it, when you oh, go there. It's it great. Totally yeah. Yeah, it so, is. Mark, I have a question. We're currently sipping, um, while my co-host here has already moved on, we're sipping on the Sauvignon Blanc, the Peyton Page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a lot of my friends, we always have this this question. Um, I love wine. No way, shape, or form am I um, knowledgeable. I'm just a novice wine drinker. I mm-hmm. love it. And I've always heard this rule of you start with the whites, then you move to the reds. Okay. How true is it? That's, I agree that that's generally, uh, that's generally when you go to a tasting room, uh, the experience is usually you start with the lighter wine and you go back, you go toward the heavier red. And I, I personally, I do think it's a good direction to go in. Uh, but I usually, um, I personally like to mix it up sometimes and, and in general, uh, I feel that it's uh, it's something that you know I you know when people when for example you're at a party and you have red wine in your glass and then you want to taste the white wine mm-hmm. and then people go well you've already had red wine and I'm like right. I'm a professional <laughs> you know, right like, I, I already know I can do this I, I know <laughs> I know what's gonna happen here so I love it thank you for I, passing this, the bottle this <laughs> red wine is fabulous now we need to talk about this we will in just in just we will but i like i love that question that's it in in general you know i mean i think to each their own right to each their own there's what i like to tell people about wine in general is you know kind of like what you guys said to me when i you know first got here you know is just relax right mm-hmm. and i say that with wine you should relax 
Drink what you like. Right. Don't ever let anybody tell you what to like. Right. Here, okay. here. <laughs> right. I, so. I don't want somebody to tell me that I have to drink red wine with turkey. I mean, white wine with turkey. Right. I drink red wine with turkey. Sure. And I love it. Which now brings uh -huh. me to my next question oh, about good. this about this white wine particularly. <laughs> okay. okay. Because here's here's my here's my picture when I'm drinking this wine is a patio, be it out. At McGrill's patio, but really just this, Which this is wine is fabulous. By it the really way. is, yeah, right. It's or, this is or your own or <laughs> a beach, whatever. Yeah. There's just you know, it's so it's so refreshing, um, and I always feel like there's this constant battle that I face with white wine, where it's like. I could just sip on it, which let me tell you, I could sip on wine anytime, anywhere. True um, story. I've <laughs> met her. Yeah. <laughs> no, no companion in terms of food needed. But a lot of my, a lot of my friends are like, well, if you're drinking, you kind of need to pair it with some sort of a cheese. Or what would be the the perfect match for this Sauvignon Blanc? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I uh, I agree with you on all fronts. I, <laughs> I, I love wine. I love this wine. I could just drink this wine. I have done that. <laughs> um, I think he was doing it before he got here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, this wine, the Sauvignon Blanc, you know, does pair really well with cheese. But wine in general pairs well with cheese. Yeah. But... I kind of like, you know, Sauvignon Blanc. When I think of Sauvignon Blanc, I think of things like oysters. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Yes. Um, that sounds good. You know. That sounds great. Something like that. And this Sauvignon Blanc has enough body to it that it'll hold up to, you know, like a, a light, you know, like a white fish of some mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. um, or a salad. A lot of times, you know, salads are really, you know. And some Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, sure. you know, I picture perfect. it already. Sometimes, I picture it. <laughs> this particular Sauvignon Blanc, I believe, you know, I feel is on the fruity side of. You know, it's very yes, very much. So. But um, but sometimes Sauvignon Blanc can get kind of grassy, and when you know grassy, maybe you you know you have a salad and you right. know, that kind of thing. So. Right. Uh, but so, that's what I so all of you that are dieting out there and eating salads, <laughs> it's okay wine. to drink the white drink wine. wine. Yes. Okay, now this is a novice question. I know, Lynn, one more. One more. No, please. I love <laughs> novice questions because you know, people are trying to learn. What do I have to put up with? You know, I know. Okay, so here's here's um, the cork versus screwing it, all right? Screwing, screwing the bottle open. Screw top. Screw top, yes. Um, when, when we open... I've... I've I've always had this question about well, when you're when you open up the bottle, I think when I open it up, I just have to finish it, and I usually do. <laughs> right. There's no such thing as leftover. There's wine. There's no such thing as leftover wine, in my opinion. But you know, <laughs> yeah. that's just my personal opinion. Don't take anything for it. Um, what's what's the appropriate way to store a bottle of wine that you've opened? And unlike me, you, you just have to put it away. Right. Well, that's a that's a valid question because wine does you know oxidize and eventually you know get really funky and weird. Sure. In fact, in uh, dramatic cases, it will become vinegar. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. You know, if you like vinegar, then you just turn it into salad dressing, I guess. But um, totally. But um, so one thing you know, I I tell people sometimes you know, it depends on how hardcore you are. Like, if you, I mean, I have your same problem. I, it's not a problem. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. But, but um, 
But if, like, as a, for ex- example, if I were going to drink half that bottle that we just had, this Sauvignon mm-hmm. Blanc, and then you put the top back on it, stick it in the refrigerator, and drink it the next day, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the next week, probably not. So if you think you have to store a bottle for longer than that, what I have told people is, and that this is, you know, getting hardcore, mm-hmm. but is to actually buy a half bottle that has a screw cap on it that you can oh. wash. <laughs> you know, like you can get like a sample bottle with right. a plastic cap or whatever, and then you, you know, you pour off the bottle into the half bottle, right. put the screw cap on it, and then put that away, and then drink the bottle. And that's uh, a great idea. Yeah, that's wonderful. and then you could store it for like a, probably a long time. Yeah, I know. will never Mo- use like it. Months, but right. this is great. Right. Yeah. I will never use it. But this never. is great. Yeah. Yeah. She's never had a leftover. Months, <laughs> but that would work if you wanted to store it for months. Like right. you're gonna go, like you're gonna go on a trip or something. And <laughs> you could only drink a half. But my suspicion <laughs> is... I can't even imagine I that, can't imagine But that. my suspicion is, for those hardcore people that ever do something like that, yeah. I guarantee you they're breaking into the other half bottle before the end of the yeah. night. Yeah, guarantee it. Guarantee it. Okay, now I will hand over it. <laughs> well, Go ahead. I, and I have a question. So um, when you started at McGrail, you, yeah. were you still at Wente at the time? No, 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 oh, okay. no. I, I left... Yeah, so I I started in the business in '79. It was my first crush. '79, mm-hmm. nice. So I think I I think I've achieved 40 crushes. <laughs> wow! Do you so, get a certificate so or it, something? Or? You said no. You were... <laughs> <laughs> well, not that I know of. Yeah. So what took you to McGrell? You said you were consulting with them. How did? You... Yeah. So I left Wenty and took a job with Bonnie Dune Vineyard in Santa Cruz, mm. and that was a killer experience for me it was it was sort of like you know with Wenty a wonderful family it's kind of interesting I feel like I'm always working for families Mm -hmm. right never never the corporate uh situation Mm -hmm. so Wenty you know wonderful wonderful family but I kind of hit the ceiling at Wenty of what I could be and so I went to Bonnie Dune which is owned by Randall Graham uh, another family, right? And uh, and spent three years there, and we it was a great experience. But we took basically what what we did while in during my tenure there, or you know, three year there, or whatever you want to call it, um, was we successfully created a separate brand called uh, Big House, which was a label at the time but we you know turned it into a a brand and sold it to the wine group ironically mm. <laughs> based in Livermore and or at least I think their corporate offices might be in Ripon but mm. or San Francisco I don't know all, but but they also own Kincannon so oh wow you know so all that stuff is you know it was just sort of this weird circle of life but um, and then when when we did that as a company, then there was no real reason for Mark anymore because my specialty was, uh, you know, basically it was uh, production of wine, you know, wine production, mm-hmm. and they didn't really 
and I actually, uh, you know, half a million cases, you know. So, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, so si- significant amount, you know, I was running two, two plus wineries and things like that. It was, it was a crazy cool job sure. that I really love. And then, uh, so I got laid off be- and for all the right reasons <laughs> and never made less, you know, I mean, never made more money in my life because I started consulting sure. while I was still working for Bonnie Dune and then getting a severance package and all this stuff. And, you know, <laughs> it was like, ah, this is kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe I should get another job and get laid off. <laughs> but um, how's that working out for you? Well, <laughs> anyway, so I partnered up with uh, the Picasso family in Livermore, and uh, we we had a brand called Picasso. It was Merlot primarily, and uh, but we were doing a little winemaking up in the Napa Valley, and. Uh, and it was a really high-end brand that hit the market like 2008, 2009, 2010. Right through the downturn. If, yeah. you, if you remember those days, those dark days. Yeah, um, you do. Uh, it was just timing wasn't right for what we were trying to do. And But the good news was... Uh, I started, I was also, you know, I sort of consulted for McGrail and some other, you know, wineries in Livermore, um, Roderick Molino and, uh, uh, or Molino, depending on how you say that, but it's French, I think. Um, and then Darcy Kent. And so, you know, like doing different consulting things. And then McGrail hit a home run with a wine uh, in 2012 with the 2008 Cabernet Sauvignon Reserve mm-hmm. and all of a sudden case sales like cr- you know went crazy and so then we McRail ended up buying the brand the Picasso brand and we used the bulk wine I made all the wine so yeah. made sense we sold the case goods through the through our tasting room and and we incorporated the bulk wine into the McRail program and and it really kept our doors open, you know, which was killer. Right. Because, you know, if you sell sell out your brand in seven months, you know, and Beautiful. people show up at the tasting room. Right. Uh, <laughs> with there's the nothing door- but air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can close one eye. Right. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Me, yeah, that's wonderful. So um, what the second wine we've opened today is the McGrail. Yeah. 2015, James Vincent. Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. This it, is fantastic. It is <laughs> phenomenal. Like, oh my God, this and is so delicious. And so is this really that you only did uh, four barrels? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, that sounds right. Hundred, this hundred is our cases. four favorite oak barrels from this vintage. Yeah. Is that for real? No, it's for real, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It was, oh, done, well. in, it was done in new <laughs> I'm oak. glad you like it. I... <laughs> I love it. I'm sure you were my four favorite barrels and you hated it. Wouldn't that right. be embarrassing? <laughs> we would, we would uh, just cut this the podcast. The heavier right <laughs> Kick me out. W- yeah. Wine can never be oaky enough or heavy enough for me. So no. just, and okay. same here. So something like this, this is fabulous. No, these are our estate grapes. You know, we grow this. This vineyard was planted in 99. This is the 2015 vintage. Um and so what we do with our Cabernet Sauvignon is we, you know, harvest it and then bring it in, ferment it, 
and then barrel it down and right. and then age it for 30 months in barrels oh, which wonderful. you know the sauvignon blanc is like less yeah, than a 15 year minutes <laughs> yeah yeah right right uh so age it for 30 months in fact i'm getting ready to bottle uh, at the end of the month the 2016 version of this right is that mm-hmm. right that sounds right yeah 2016 version of this so um so I got so one of the really terrible things that I have to do is I have to taste all these barrels. Oh, oh you my poor god! Such a difficult <laughs> life. <laughs> but anyway, the the uh, James Vincent. So we what we do is we do taste all the barrels and then we evaluate them and we pick out for this particular wine. This is our most expensive wine. It's the James Vincent Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's named after you know Jim McGrail, who was the patriarch of the brand. Jim was a, an amazing, amazing human being. Uh, but this is, you know, our flagship wine. And French oak is just so elegant, and uh, it's... It's wonderful. I, I don't know even how to describe the fact that it's it's new French oak, so it just has an incredible amount of of oak, and it's soft, and it's... It's chewy and it's big and it's it's exactly the kind of wine I would drink yeah. on most evenings. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about the winery. Uh, I've visited. I think we've all been there, all right, but and I did mention it being very fam- family friendly earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, for the people listening out there, um, tell us a little about a bit about the winery. Well, um, so you know the it's basically. The uh, tasting room and, you know, basically the winery uh, is uh, is an old pole barn. You know, it's, uh, it was like a hay barn back in the, back in the day because, you know, everything was a cow pasture at one time. <laughs> yeah, right? around here, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, they converted that in 2008, and that's where we were producing our wine, uh, and it was... Uh, uh, and then it was also our tasting room. And then we, you know, over the years, you know, we've expanded production and, you know, we have a wonderful property with beautiful views and the sunsets. And then, Heather, and then we have Heather McGrail. So Heather <laughs> McGrail, she, you know, figures out how to drive people to the property and she's just, she's excellent at it. And people come and, they hang out. They do the Friday, you know, music, and you know we've done like tapas tasting and tunes, and Ooh. you know through the summer, you know we have you know Friday evenings. I swear to God, you know you, you don't want to get on that freeway. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you do not. Uh, just stop up at the winery and sit and watch the traffic go by from like about five miles away. I, I'm in. And, uh, I'll and, drive through the traffic to sit and watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the sunsets are fantastic, and uh, we have a beautiful property. So. Do you ever go pour wines in the... In I do, the yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I'm there for the... Uh, we have quarterly... Uh, yeah, your releases. Release parties. Sure. And, and, uh, and then we have an annual club as well in July. And then... Uh, you know, it just seems like basically if you just go to McGrailVineyards.com, there's they're scheduled Beautiful. out. You'll see what's going on Friday night. 
music Sundays. You know, a lot of times just somebody on the patio. It's it's really a cool place. It's a great place. Very cool. Okay, I'm gonna drag your attention. Oh, I back. forgot to mention yoga on the lawn. Ooh, oh. with wine. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yoga on the lawn. I'm serious. I like it. Yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. In the wintertime, they put it in the barrel room, but on in the nice weather, we have a huge lawn. And nice. Yoga on the lawn. There'll be like 40, 50 people. See, I work out so I could drink. This is just the perfect exactly. blend of everything. I, I, drinks, <laughs> no, I just drink so I don't have to work out. Um, okay, I'm going to pull our attention back to the wine that we're drinking right now. Um, oh, okay. Tell me a little bit about about this particular wine and again you know um because i love food what is your favorite thing to pair this wine with Uh aha so um well i mentioned the i mentioned sort of the dirty details of 30 months in in french oak and all that um uh and then you know we bottled this about a year ago so it's had some bottle age too which is really kind of important especially with red wines because it does smooth out those tannins, you know. The so you get tannin from the fruit, and you get tannin from the oak, mm-hmm. and and so I like to, you know, I feel like those those two different tannin sources are are coming together and smoothing out. You know. Can you tell when you do your sort of final barrel tasting before you're getting ready to bottle? Do you know if this is going to be something really good, or you know at that point? Definitely. I mean, I know, I know basically when I pick it. Ooh. When you pick it. Yeah. Look at that. See, that's how expertise. Really? You mean even yeah. from the flavor of the grape when you just taste yeah, it? Yeah, you know, when you pick it and get it, you know, when you first crush it. Yeah. Like, okay, let's say either I get it in the press pan or I get it into the fermenter and I taste the juice. Wow. That's the point you know. Yeah. Amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And like I said, it's just about don't mess it up. Sure. That's right. fair. Let the grapes do their work. Right. So <laughs> don't don't forget that piece. That's super important. Sure. Okay, now about but the food. Pairing. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I love food. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I lied. I work out because I eat too much and I drink too much. And so I need to work out. But no. drinking and food, that's all, that's all what life's about, right? No, there's, <laughs> and there's no doubt. This is a wine that will... My personal favorite is, is uh, you know, I like a really nice filet. Ooh. Um, you know, oh, yeah. a big giant slab of red meat. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I could see lamb, you know, with this, uh, you know, depending on how you cook it. And, um, and you know, there's no, there's no reason why you can't do a nice pasta sure. dish with oh, this you know like that would a, be amazing. especially like a you know uh you know tomato and spaghetti meat. and meatballs would be yeah. amazing yeah. oh i think <laughs> you're right yeah. yeah that's so great pizza you know pizza, pizza. Let's, let's get right down to it yeah. <laughs> no the one thing that i will say that i think actually ironically i think the sauvignon block is better with pizza okay. if, if it's spicy pizza Ooh, Sp- okay you know like if you have a spice you know how Pizza is generally kind of spicy, sure. but you know some people like to throw peppers, you know, on mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, so uh, that I think Sauvignon Blanc it helps cut the, cut the spice, whereas this will intensify the spice. Totally, that makes so that's sense. That's why I think you know stick with your big time proteins, so the tannins 
tannin, the way winemakers can sort of manage tannins Mm -hmm. is adding a protein like egg whites. You've heard of egg white fining or anything like that? No, No. not at all. Oh, Oh. okay. Well, in, you know, in Burgundy, you know, (laughs) uh, they say, yeah, um, they use egg whites on the Pinot Noir because uh, they want to, you know, because it's such a delicate variety and they want to get the tannins out. Wow. And, uh, And so that's why a big you know, bold steak or cheese, which mm. is protein. Right. Uh, the, the the protein in the steak tames the tannin in the wine, and then when you put them together, it's like heaven, you know. Oh, oh that makes so Never much heard of sense. That. Yeah. So it's a lot cheaper for me to do it that way than for me to take a big slab of beef yeah. and chuck it in the tank. That right. is fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I'm is kidding. fair. Well, okay. Before we wrap up, Lynn, why don't you tell us again the two bottles that we're drinking? Oh, sorry. I have one more. It looks question. like our our wine expert over here had a question, <laughs> real quick. I, it's it's just one of those. Okay, yeah, so, I know. You know. Okay. Um, me being my novice wine drinker, I have a wine cooler that is filled with wine that I don't know I've had for so many years, and now mm-hmm. the question's coming up about how long before it's too long to open up a bottle. Well, in general, my philosophy is, um, you know, you buy the bottle, you get it home. And you drink it. <laughs> Fair enough. We well, have a pretty big library yeah, that you yeah. can choose from, too. You know? It well, is true. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I usually say, drink it now and buy some more. You know. But, no, but in all seriousness, um, people ask me that about my wine. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can talk about wine in general and I can talk about my wine, but... I have huge confidence in my, especially my Cabernet Sauvignon, that it will last 20 years. So, wow. You know, but it's all about storage, proper storage. Now, you you mentioned wine cooler, so I assume that, that that's a, you know, really legit, you know, dark, you know, space mm-hmm. with uh, temperature control and all that. So, um, that's perfect. That's the perfect place to store wine. Um if you can't do that, you got to find like a closet in the middle of the house down low and, you know, if you're going to store wine. Now, right. I'm, I don't do that. I can't, I, I don't know who, who does that. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. But, um, but I would use the 10-year rule for anybody else because I don't know them. Okay, right? sure. that's fair. And so if that wine is older than 10 years, then set your expectation bar down a little bit. Mm. You know? But never just assume it's bad. Never, right. ever, ever, ever assume that. Because I've had situations where I do, you know, I lied. I do have some older. I do wine. have some wines that I'm like, God, I forgot I even right. had this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you open it up and it's surprisingly good. So... Uh, yeah, never, never, especially if you store it properly, like you, like, sounds That's like the key. you. That's fair. Okay. Right on. Well, thank you very much. You're so the welcome. two wines we tasted today were McGrail Vineyards, Peyton Page, Sauvignon Blanc, 2018. Very fruity, very re- refreshing, good stuff. And the 2015 James Vincent McGrail Vineyards, Cabernet Sauvignon, heavy, dark, chewy, delicious, oaky, and lovely. Just delicious. Thank you for bringing those. You are welcome.
It's been an absolute delight having you with us today on Wine Wednesday, and thank you for taking your time to let us know about your wines. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, I'd urge all of you to visit McGrail Vineyards at 5600 Greenville Road, Livermore, California. They're open from noon till 4.30, Friday through Sunday. The normal tasting fee is $10. But remember, if you mention Wine Wednesday, you'll get one tasting free. Until next time, remember, it may not always be Wednesday, but it's always a good day to have wine.